Hello and welcome to Astro Lushes. This is Andy. And this is Lisa. And here we are once again speaking with you about the magic of the cosmos after a bit of a break. <laughs> While clinking glasses that are full of wine. <laughs> because we are here to talk about wine and the stars and all the lushiness of life and astrology. Indeed we are. We're drinking Lambrusco today. An Italian Lambrusco. An effervescent red to try and combat the heaviness of this Scorpio full moon. The astrology of this week mm. has been a lot. So we're drinking these effervescent light <laughs> drinks in a beautiful spring day here in Brooklyn to sort of alleviate a bit of the heaviness from the Mercury in retrograde, mm. um, Saturn coming in real strong, and we have the full moon in Scorpio that's going to be an eclipse which is like it's a lot it's it's not light it's not easy right yeah it's it's uh it's been a time i'm sure for you guys listening and definitely for us over here so we're gonna do a deep dive in this episode on something we've experienced recently that was really beautiful and powerful and cool that ties back into scorpio but we'll talk a little bit about the scorpio full moon and during Taurus season too, because there's some really there's a lot of beauty around us during the season as well. Yes, the full moon in Scorpio normally normally during Taurus season is like not such a terrible thing. It's really grounding, um, and sort of putting you in touch with yourself. But during an eclipse, it's going to feel a lot more. And if you're feeling a little out of sorts or uh, unfocused or sort of like you're reverting back to old habits and things like that, just know that you're not alone. It's very normal for right now. Um, but we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about it within the beauty of this Taurus season that we're in and this gorgeous spring that we're experiencing as well. Absolutely. We've had such a, meaning Andy and I have had such a profound experience recently um, on, a, on a travel that we went to recently. And we have been looking at it and examining it through the lens of astrology in a lot of ways. So we thought today was a perfect day to do a deep dive, especially because the Scorpio moon kind of reminds us to examine ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, transformations, lessons learned. So we wanted this to be a sort of hybrid episode on astrology and everything that we're all going through together, plus the things that we've learned recently on our recent voyage that we can, um, I don't know, share with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Let's start with this, with this moon and like what, you know, what's going on with it. What happens in your mind being a Scorpio sun during a Scorpio full moon in general without even thinking about the eclipse just yet? Like Scorpio full moon has a lot of implications. Yeah. And I think like you as the representative <laughs> deeply Scorpio Scorpio can yeah. sort of speak to those themes very eloquently and, and, and honestly because you live there. Yeah, I do live there. And I, I do think that every single time there's a Scorpio full moon, I have, even without noticing, sometimes I won't keep track or, or you know, I'll, I'll forget that the, the moon phase is changing and something will happen in my life and I'll be reminded, ah, yes, of course, this was a Scorpio moon. <laughs> and for me last night, a great example of this was that I signed up for therapy um, around midnight. Just for you. Yeah, just as like the, the curtain was being pulled mm -hmm. aside into this Scorpio full moon. Um, I think as a Scorpio, there's a tendency to sort of make shifts in your life, whether small or big. And those shifts are all geared towards some semblance of healing. It could mm -hmm. be 
a more rocky or non-linear journey or it could be something like really pointed and mm-hmm. like healthy that you do for yourself but either way there's always like a little bit of a reckoning that happens you shake off like some of the layers and you are reminded again that you are constantly in a state of transformation and that's a good thing because without transforming we are stagnant and we die <laughs> but, but death is also ruled over by scorpio exactly death is a transformation death so it's transformation. not like or we will die scorpio is very much we like, are dying we are dying we are dying <laughs> currently dying yes. at all times. And the eclipse like really brings that into focus. But it's not just about like your current life is going to die and like how you are right now is going to die. It's that we kind of have lived a lot of lives that are already gone. And mm-hmm. when an eclipse comes, it sort of makes us look backwards rather than forward. Yes. And when we look backwards through the lens of Scorpio, which is a water sign, which is like a deeply emotionally, um, emotional and astute and deep sign that doesn't always... Um, communicate it outwardly, right. right? But is like sort of always going inwardly. It's an internal churning. Yes. Yeah. Um, but internally recognizing transformation and how death is necessary as a part of life. Um, I think during this eclipse season that people might be, if your ex has called you or contacted you this week, that is like par for the course, Mercury in retrograde, full moon in Scorpio eclipse, like the, the exes are going to come out of the woodwork. Mm, true. Because <laughs> people are really thinking about like old versions of themselves. Yeah. And um, if you don't mind, I'm going to go into a little bit into Joan Didion's quote about that because... Um, yes, please do. Joan Didion, the writer who we just learned was a Sagittarius. Um, yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, we guessed wrong. Yeah, we guessed every other element but fire. <laughs> We really did. Our, and, our radar was way off. We we actually took a break from Astrologia Sorority. Maybe our like maybe our dial is off. Yes, our antennas are a little. Yeah, we need, we need to, to like tune. Yeah, we need to like get the radar yeah. strong again, <laughs> um, which is what we're doing today by you know coming back to Astrologias because we have missed you and uh, have missed having these discussions. And we do it simply because we love you guys and we love just chatting and connecting with the 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 void of possibility (laughs) or whatever the great the great i don't know great vast network of potential that is out there that listens to us absolutely (laughs) oh wow okay (laughs) see what i mean like that is some weird dark shit aka our friends and listeners yes (laughs) all of our loves if you're just feeling a little dark and weird it's okay Um, but if you're not that's perfectly okay too but if you're like us who both have water suns and water moons. Um, I definitely feel pulled by the undertow a little bit right now. Oh my God. And the undertow, what it does to me is makes me like think back into like all of my shameful memories and all of the things that I've missed, like messed up and all of my fuck ups and all of the, the versions of myself that I had to die so that I could be right. This living present version of myself. Right. Um, so Joan Diddy in the Sagittarius who wrote, you know, nonfiction, uh, mostly. Of course, she has a couple of great novels. But she has this um, this essay on self-respect and also writing in notebooks that um, really speaks to this in a direct way that I just haven't heard otherwise. So I'm going to give you a little bit of that um, to digest for the moment. Um, <clears throat> she says, I think we are well advised to keep on nodding terms with the people we used to be, whether we find them attractive company or not. Otherwise, they turn up unannounced and surprise us, come hammering on the mine's door at 4 a.m. of a bad night and demand to know who deserted them, who betrayed them, who is going to make amends. We forget all too soon the things we thought we could never forget. I'm going to skip ahead into this because I think it's just 
it ends really beautifully too. She says, it is a good idea then to keep in touch. And I suppose that keeping in touch is what notebooks are all about. And when we are all on our own, when it comes to keeping those lines open to yourselves, your notebook will never help me nor mine you. Um, going back into the idea though of keeping on nodding terms with these people that we used to be. That's the more important part of that quote. I think I kind of went off track a little bit at the end there. But the idea is that it's okay to visit these shameful memories, these difficult parts of your life, these, you know, people that you used to be that you don't really know that well anymore. Um, shadow work during the eclipse and during moon and Scorpio sort of brings those ideas to the surface and they can be hard to deal with and they, it can sort of make us feel, or at least, you know, me and all my wateriness feel like, I don't know, you're awake, like awake at night thinking about like that embarrassing thing you did in second grade. And you're like, how could I have ever been that person? And Joan Didion's quote is saying, I think that it's really okay to recognize the little girl who was doing the best she could at that time in her life and see her for who she is and move on from that memory. It's okay. You don't have to pretend that you never were that. That nodding terms with something is like, you see them walking past you, you give them that nod of recognition and you keep on moving. I love it. I think it's great advice because I think for a lot of people listening to this podcast right now and people in general, um, especially, yeah, especially our audience, they happen to be creatives they happen to be poets, people who think deeply and get really kind of stuck in the goo of the self and the mythology of the self. It's really easy to get lost in the romantic ocean of pat of the past. And it's really easy to kind of build these palaces of idea, narrative and self-truth around the past when in reality sometimes it must be like a ship in the night and mm -hmm. you have to sort of like nod your head and mm -hmm. keep moving um i think that's like my and you of course as a cancer sun and me as a cancer moon and a scorpio sun and you as a pisces moon like we are wading through the thickness of self-mythology <laughs> and so like I think it's really important to remember that who we were and what we did and how we felt sometimes doesn't have to be rifled through quite as much as we maybe poetically believe we should be doing. Mm -hmm. We can sort of just like acknowledge and move forward. And that's a healthy part of shadow work too, is like knowing your boundaries, not just saying I'm going to explore every last fucking nook and cranny mm -hmm. and saying, actually, you know what? It's cool putting you in the box and I'm moving on. Especially when it comes to like, you know, parts of your life where trauma occurred, you know, it's sometimes those memories come back and you can't help it. And things like eclipses and, and full moons do sort of bring those to the surface more readily than they do in other moon phases and other forms of full moons. Right. But, um, shadow work is really about like naming your shadows. It's about naming your shadows and like seeing them for what they are, Yeah. but you don't have to get lost in them. You don't have to stay no. there and nothing, nothing is telling you that you have to like dance with the fucking devil like you can absolutely see your 18 year old self who was like i don't know for instance drinking too much sleeping around trying to find who she was in a, you know in all these bad places that you as an adult can now look back on and be like why would i ever look there those weren't the places and i'm not saying that's my biography but those were the places at that moment yes and that's okay too. it's okay it's yeah. just i i really think that like the shadow work that's coming up is meant to show us kindness toward ourselves exactly and show us that like the shadow exists because the light is there 
right? Absolutely. Like without light, there is no shadow. Absolutely. It's, now, may I be just yeah. like a Star Trekky for one moment? Oh, absolutely. There's a great episode I watched last night, which I can't believe I didn't think about this sooner, but it was last night. Picard, Captain Picard of the Starship Enterprise, <laughs> is known Sorry. to be this really like um, studious, like put together dude who had a tumultuous younger years. And he says, I hated the way I behaved. I was so reckless. I was a jerk. I was always picking fights. I had this ego. And look at me now. I'm like this, you know, stoic sort of like put together dude. I can't believe I acted like that. And the very wise, I think, Guinan, who's played by Whoopi Goldberg, says like, but you wouldn't be the guy that you are today without that past self. Yes. And it was such a powerful little moment. Great little trekkie moment. But regardless of whether you watch that or not, it's a good reminder that when we go digging through the boxes of our past and our past selves, we remember that when we come up against and we look, you know, ourselves in the eyes, like sometimes with the eyes of people that made us who we are today. So it can't all be shame. It can't all be regret. Sometimes we are the beautiful things we are now, the phoenixes we are now, because like there just was wildness, craziness, pain. And and the Joan Didion quote, if you really go into, well, if you read the whole essay, which I, I think you should, it's on keeping notebooks is this particular one. Um, she goes into like missing, she also talks about how she, there are past selves she's had who she's no longer in touch with and how that's not always a good thing and how she kind of misses, she goes on about like the 17 year old self that like would, you know, drink wine and be impressed by people who are philosophical and feel poetic about everything and just fall in love and feel romantic at every moment. I love that self. And how she like let that self go because she felt embarrassed by it at some point. And like how you shouldn't stay on nodding terms with every version of yourself that you can think of because there are parts of yourself that you don't want to let go. Absolutely. Sometimes I think we're socialized into believing that like we're adults now and we must stop being this yes. childish thing and it's like um you know maybe there maybe shadow work is also partly examining what don't we have to cut the etheric cord with incomplete like mm-hmm. maybe we can return in small pieces to this person that we were i like joan very much felt ashamed for my reckless mm-hmm. younger self right and for a long time would be really quiet, really careful, really in control because I didn't want to fall back into the wild weirdo girl that I was that for some reason I became ashamed of just like her. But like maybe that girl needs to come out sometimes because she's actually at the like center of my creative artistry or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's up to each of us to decide how we can use these past selves and to not, not punish them completely. Yeah. And nod, like even you if said. you're not meaning to do the shadow work, all I'm saying is that it's quite possible that you're going to dream about these, these versions of yourself, that you're going to think about these memories, especially if your ex is reaching out because they're thinking about old memories, you're going to think about <laughs> the other memories, right? Um, but Scorpio doesn't crumble beneath those difficult times. Scorpio becomes stronger and their shell gets a little bit thicker every time. I think that they endure one of those, um, one of those transformations. And so I think it's just a good time to remind yourself of how much you've survived, how much you've come through, um, how much all those, all those, um, past versions of yourself have 
come together like Picard, right? To build, <laughs> I mean, genuinely without ever I having can't seen the show. I've ever heard you say that word before. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, how we come through. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I find that like really freeing. It's so beautiful. It really is. Like it's in, it, you know, as they say, like shadow work is less about eliminating the shadow and more about integrating it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing we do with our, our many, many, many selves. But that said, we did want to mention that when you are doing shadow work, you know, it can sometimes be a bit heavy, mm-hmm. it can sometimes be a bit dank. And so we wanted to offer some ways of grounding yourself after you sort of do a deep dive mm-hmm. so that you can come back into your normal life feeling not dissociative and not fucked, lost fucked in, in the past, right? right. Like a, just a weirdo walking through a ghost life. And if you're an emotional person and we're get two water suns, water moons here talking about this. So we are like sort of the definition of emotional people. Um, <laughs> these we things really are. Right? <laughs> we don't want to necessarily be swept away, but it's easy to get swept away for us in those yeah. feelings. And if you're even having like a minor version of that, we just want to like sort of help you with um, grounding, grounding yeah. yourself to yeah. get through it. Grounding is um, crucial. Especially for any water signs listening. You Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpios, just like, please take note. And who else? Who else probably needs it? I think fire. The fire signs need it. You know? Yeah. And I mean, air's always like up in their intellectual cloud. They need grounding too. Everybody but the earth signs need grounding. But the, <laughs> at least the air signs are able to like emotionally. That's true. Put a stop on Fire and bleeding. water with the emotions <laughs> have no control. No. No control. No, no, control. no control. I feel a feeling it's there. It is and it's 100%. everything. <laughs> And this is my feeling now. Yes. Forever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm forever sad now. <laughs> so oh, if you're going through that fire signs, water signs, we see you, we feel you, we recognize you. Um, but we just want to like mention some things. Um, Lisa, what are some things that you do? We both have a lot. But what are some things that start us off with like grounding um, behaviors, rituals, practices? My grounding rituals are for for any sort of dark, deep shadow work are the same as my grounding rituals for anxiety because Mm. they're often rooted in the same mechanisms. Mm. But it's often for me movement and dance if it's not like the middle of the night. Yep. Um, And even if it is sometimes, depending on the scenario, like some stretching, some moving, it's always, uh, always, even even a licensed therapist will tell you a shift in your physical environment can kind of offset anything going on within your mind but if if a physical movement isn't you know possible for you for some reason um I always like to use music or comedy I know I was actually just telling Andy earlier like it's not as sexy to say that a embracing levity is a choice like we all want to say that we're going to light like 57 candles and like call upon the gods and like uh, do a amazing cleansing ritual and like that's cool and that's Mm -hmm. great and like wonderful and do it absolutely but sometimes you are in the throes of darkness and you need to get out quickly like please put on your favorite comedy Mm -hmm. put on some music dance it out vibe it out open the windows let the light in Make some food. It's so interesting that you talk about doing this for anxiety because this is what I do for depression. Really? And, you know, I have very mild anxiety that comes out sort of surprisingly sometimes, but I deal with a a serious amount of depression in a multitude of ways. Every single day of my life, I'm managing it. 
and the very same thing, getting out for movement. Um, I don't really like to dance by myself at home. I, I love to dance, but I like being out for it. Maybe it's my Sag Rising. It's your Sag Rising. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> my movement, it's really, I love dancing, but somebody has to watch me or it doesn't count. <laughs> when a tree falls in the forest. <laughs> Sagittarian was there. Um, but my version of movement is um, both getting outside for a walk, like getting outside to do my movement really really takes my depression yeah and like puts it on a shelf for a moment because yeah. I have to like concentrate on on something else um also even honest to god like physical movement with another person um it helps me it's I find you it mean grounding. sex I might mean the, <laughs> the doing it <laughs> it does it does it's movement it's sexuality <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Lisa's blushing right now. I am the most prude Scorpio I'll ever be. You'll ever be in your entire life. And I don't think I'm a particularly filthy cancer. I think all cancers are filthy. Yeah, I do too. But Scorpios get the reputation, but they keep it it's all inside. Yeah. It's all no, inside. It's, there's never like, yeah, it's hard to say. Anyway, and when I say like, like okay, I'm going to say sex just plainly, sex. but sex with yourself counts. Yes, sex with the self counts, Ab- for sure. 100% counts. I feel like sexuality, for me as a Scorpio, just quick tangent, like tiny mm-hmm. little pulling Go for over it. the side of the road. Like, <laughs> sex and sensuality, for me as a Scorpio, I think I'm a textbook Scorpio, is very much about desire toward others and the self. Um, and that could be accomplished in so many ways. It could be a conversation. It could be feeling yourself looking beautiful. Mm-hmm. It could be movement. It could be something a lot less obvious than sex itself. Mm-hmm. It could be sharing secrets. Mm-hmm. It could be being intimate in like some other really amazing way. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, sex does make me blush. I just. Yeah, I just feel like sensuality is bigger than sex itself. I just, I think that good sex, healthy sex, that's not dissociative, and this is not uh, to not right. to shame totally. anyone totally. who because it happens. It happens. It happens to most of us, if yeah. not, you know. But sure. um, or and this is not to um, alienate anyone who's asexual in any or way either. Or pathologize it. Yeah. No, at all. I just, it is a type of movement that if you are in the moment of it to enjoy it, I can, I find, yeah, very grounding. It is so very grounding. You know, I'm like, but it's hard I'm to here. get There's there. There's a human here. Yeah. We're in this together. I have to totally. be with you. Being present is grounding to me. Being present is a form of prayer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean it more than like getting off, I guess is what I'm totally. trying to say. Because totally. there's like a million ways to have sex, but I just mean like moving your body um, into places that it hasn't moved, you know, is, is a form of grounding. Um, moving on from there. Yeah. yeah. The idea though of, uh, of sex is about um, something that Lisa calls. I'm going to have you expound upon this. It, what you call changing the channel. Oh yes, ooh, changing the channel. It's just a. It's a. I think it's a term psychologists throw around. I have like pretty as of recently. I have pretty bad anxiety, and I've you know done my due diligence watching a billion YouTube videos about how to manage it. And a lot of the times I come across licensed therapists saying terms like change the channel. It sounds cheesy, it sounds um, like a catchphrase, but you're changing the channel on your anxiety is basically, you could be laying in bed having a panic attack, 
then the, you change the channel by getting up, getting out of bed, mm -hmm. putting on the TV, opening the windows, doing some movement, making a, a plate of food, whatever it is gets you out of whatever's going on inside of your head, which is oftentimes just feeding the anxiety. Um, it's not a catch-all, it doesn't cure all, but it tones it down mm -hmm. from an 11 to a two. Yep. And so if you're doing shadow work, and you know you you come out of a state of maybe you're writing something or maybe you're meditating or maybe you've gone deep into a memory that maybe you probably shouldn't be exploring alone um, without a professional like changing the channel is a good way of cleansing the energy around that experience mm -hmm. so like you've done it you've maybe learned something from it maybe you've been journaling whatever the case is don't you want to you don't want to immediately come out of it and say like all right well now i'm gonna go get dressed and go to a party like it's got to be gradual change the channel gradually mm -hmm. and you know maybe it means like you were doing some sort of shadow work ritual exploring these deep past selves getting in contact with your inner child and then maybe you kind of blow the candle out maybe you do some stretching then maybe you take a shower then maybe you put some music on then maybe you leave the house it's like a gradual untethering to what you were doing and it, it's a huge thing because you can't just leave the shadow world mm -hmm. without the shadow world following you absolutely you know absolutely like so there's so many things like we talked about like food um food you know going out to to somewhere local and buying a couple of ingredients that are, you know, that are good to you, that treat your body well, that make you feel happy for eating them, even if it's comfort food that isn't healthy, just something that makes you feel happy. happy. And bringing it home and preparing it for yourself. If you're not a cook, just putting the ingredients together. If you can cook, like actually heating things up and transforming raw into cooked, that ritual is so grounding. The smells, the sounds, the True. feel of it in your mouth, in your exactly. hands while you're preparing it, exactly. cutting things, chopping things, all of that work is is of the earth. It, it is, is directly the from the earth and and it grounds us because of that. Can I just say like what you just said reminds me of something. Um, this is like a little side tangent, mm -hmm. little bitch moment. Like, <laughs> I'm bitching something moment. I'm very here for this Lisa. But I think, like, we all forget the simplicity of magic. And, like, let's just... Not all of us can just be ceremonial magicians all the time. Yes. And not all of us are doing um, incredibly complicated rituals in order to, you know, whatever the purpose to, is. To honor yeah. the day or the or astrological season. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like sometimes it really is more simple. And I was on Goodreads yesterday and I did the horrible human sin of reading my <laughs> reviews. Oh no. Yeah, it's okay. I actually do read them and like anyone who says they don't read them, I think it's stupid. Like why not just read them, see what people like, see what people don't. You know, it's fine. Yeah. People are gonna like it, people are gonna hate it, it's okay. Um, and some, you know, mostly very nice reviews. Thank you guys so much. But there was a few bad reviews and they were like, it's so simple. These ideas are so simple. Like, this is not really witchcraft. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right then. It mm -hmm. is simple. Mm -hmm. Because simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. I've been drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. But listen, simple shit 
is oftentimes the most meaningful. So like if you're using food, if you're using sound, if you're using movement, if you're using meditation, if you're journaling, like, yes, maybe it does sound really basic, but honestly, those basic things are the things that we can easily integrate into our practice and therefore ma- therefore make more sustainable and more meaningful. Absolutely. Like I'm not going to call on like 67 gods every time. I know. I'm just not. And I also am secular, but still. I know. Lisa and I, Lisa <laughs> and I talk a lot about like our Italian American, like our, our folk magic traditions that we come from a little bit. Um, some people call it Stregoria, some people call it Beneficara. There's like all these different yeah. ways to express it. But really what I, re- what I love so much about it is that I can call myself a kitchen witch and it's fucking real. Like yeah. if I'm chopping up garlic and onion and putting it in this beautiful olive oil and watching, watching it cook and smelling that smell and I have the wooden spoon in my hand, I am so connected to the women in my family who came before me that have done this over and over and over again. And every time I stir with that spoon, it's, it's a prayer. Yeah. And that is magic. You don't have to have like the right crystals and the right grid and the calling down the corners. Uh, and like, no. I, and I, and if you do good, cool, awesome, cool. Like I respect it through and through, but like the simplicity of that magic is, is grounding. That's the thing. I don't know where we like started buying into the the idea that like there's life and there's the mundane I, life I, and then there's the sacred. Do you it's want me like, to get conspiratorial because I'm I've been drinking? It's money. It's men. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about this. <laughs> have you read a book of magic written by a man? Yes, I have. It it it's just different. The, it all is. the high magic and all the high ceremonies, all, and I belong into this sect and was. You know, mm. initiated into blah blah blah. I'm and gonna get blah, canceled blah, blah. talking anymore. I know. That's I'm not, all I'm gonna say. Let's just say like it's I not, will it's get canceled. Hashtag <laughs> not all men slash not all witch men. But you know, um I mean if you guys could feel me rolling my eyes, but yes. I'm talking about the magic of everyday domestic life. That's which thing. is what women had access to for the longest time. Absolutely. And so like the herbs they used to like kind of create were the herbs that grew in their garden and came from where they were less so. So like here in America, like you don't yeah. necessarily have to find and recreate those things no. by the book. The idea is to find it for yourself and to use what works. And to me, like cooking is so grounding. It puts me in touch with my magic. It puts me in touch with my ancestors. Yeah. Sometimes that's what magic looks like and it's okay. Exactly. Sometimes that's what magic looks like. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. See, this is, the thing like every single time I stumble on my words on this podcast I think god I sound like such an idiot but then it's like we literally signed up to do a drunk podcast yes for I mean, this reason I'm not the most eloquent sober same so <laughs> <laughs> anyway the reader the, li- the readers the listen <laughs> the radio <laughs> the podcast the telegraph that we're putting forth <laughs> like what even is a telegraph like what telegram what is it Telegram is like a message that like somebody has to bring machine. to you, like from the the old olden days. <laughs> it's a fax machine with a strange noise. Sure, attached sweetie. To it. We're gonna let's just move on. What from is that. it though? Um, like scientifically, <laughs> telegram is the letter itself that's polygram. been produced. A polygraph Tele- is the methograph. A polygraph is a lie detector. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, Lisa. I have to quit now. <laughs> <laughs> telegraph delivers a telegram. Yes. Okay. Which is just another form of like, it's like the olden emails. And, yeah. And, and um, a, a faster way of sending a letter. It's so weird. 
And now we have Instagram. How fucking weird is that? Which has nothing to do with any of that. Oh my god. But they and we're named like, it after that. Every day we're all posting all this shit thinking we're all fucking serious and amazing. In like 100 years people are going to be like, well, look at these stupid idiots. Yep. They could have just done this. Because yeah. they've got this like new technology to bring oh into you. Oh my god. What garbage are we? Okay. Letting the light in. <laughs> letting the light in, which is we're doing right now by giggling and by letting ourselves experience levity. I that is crucial. It's crucial right now. It is crucial. I'm telling you, I've been putting on Seinfeld reruns and like letting myself space out for a little bit of time, and then like forcing myself to get up, exercise, get out, the, get out of the house, open the windows, put on the fans, move the air around. Yeah. Um, try not to get lost. It's okay to like go meandering down those paths, and you know, just maybe just like lay down some breadcrumbs so you can come back to yourself when you're done. 100% lay down the breadcrumbs like I think I think it's like re- really almost I don't want to use the word sexy but it's almost sexy to be consumed with this idea of exploring the darkness and you have this sort of handle on it you're becoming one with it but the reality is we all have to go back to work we all have to deal with our families. We have health issues. So you can't always be in that state. And I, especially as poets and writers, it's easy to fall into the well and to want to live there because that's where the richest nutrients are for the creativity. But yeah, like you said, we have to lay some bread, breadcrumbs out. A so, lot of that is romanticizing too, right? Yeah. And, and I fall prey to it. I fall prey to it all the I'm time. Not, I'm not judging. It's the best and most funnest thing yeah, in the world. Absolutely. I, but it's also very dangerous. It just, it also distracts you from the business of your day-to-day life sometimes and being present Mm -hmm. exactly exactly which is why we sort of think that like rest and presence and softness and pleasure and just being as as my pisces moon would say like vibing the fuck out just i really can't recommend it enough that's something you know we have been discussing today before we pressed record the power of just quote-unquote vibing out right exactly it's so funny to hear lisa use this language i can't even i can't begin but anyway it's really hard for me (laughs) (laughs) um i i do think though like we've mentioned this many times before but it's capitalism that tells us we always need to be producing something that if we don't have something to show for the time we've just spent we did nothing with ourselves which is so insane because at the end of our lives the trees and the water and the air doesn't care, don't care what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. We just become one with everything. Yes. Because that's where we started. Wow. So You're becoming fun. very Piscean all of a sudden. I know, it's by, it's os- osmosis. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, this my Pisces is moon let you vibe out. This <laughs> is literally what keeps me up at night, though. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is like, this is like panic <clears throat> attack city for me. Like, I just end up thinking what does this all amount to? I find comfort and absolute debilitating fear in the fact that we're all connected to the planet and the great everything. And that really, truly, at the end of the day, nothing we do truly matters besides love and joy mm-hmm. and experience. And, and sort of being good to the earth that we have, too. And being good to the yeah. earth that we have. So really, if you're sitting around for three hours reading a book or not reading a book and just drinking up a cup of tea and looking at the beautiful light and the trees outside and you think, fuck, I should be doing something. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to. Honestly, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Let yourself go there. Let yourself go there. And the, the art of doing nothing is a beautiful art. And the Italians call it dolce far niente. I love it. I love that. Didn't somebody we meet in Sicily tell us that too? Or was that just something that we read? No, that comes from... Um, it's uh, something that we learned. 
From maybe like Under the Tuscan Sun. <laughs> it might be from Under the or Tuscan Eat, Sun. Or Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> One of the movies where a wealthy white woman in her 40s who is divorced goes to Italy, Let's we learned just, from. It is a term though, even outside of those. It is. Yes. It is. And I also love those movies. I don't care. Absolutely. No shame. But if you do go to Italy or Sicily like we did, you will see that they do practice the art of doing nothing. The pace is very different. Very well. Now they, they move quickly. They walk quickly. Dance quickly. All the beats are very fast, right? Yes. But when it comes to eating your meal, drinking your wine, sitting by the seaside, going by the pool to read your book, they really under having the outside garden to sit and talk in, um, having a beautiful fountain to look at while you're doing so. Like they really, really get the art of being still with yourself, Absolutely. taking time, enjoying. I mean, and that brings us to this little segment we thought we would share with you that we went to Sicily in April and we were there for a few weeks and we you know we've been we've been dealing with the the grief of returning pretty intensely and it isn't that we aren't on vacation that we have to return to work it's more that I mean at least speaking for myself we glimpsed a life that in some ways ancestrally feels really right. Mm-hmm. And so we've been sort of negotiating with what it means to return to our normal lives. And we wanted to tell you guys a little bit about the astrology of our trip mm-hmm. and voyaging through our signs, our, you know, our charts. How we traveled as our yeah. signs, how we traveled as water signs. I feel like this whole trip was like very water sign. Very water sign. We were always surrounded by water. Everywhere we went was a coastline. We were on the island of Sicily. Yes. If that and we traveled all tone. over the island, so we were constantly, everywhere we went was on a shore. Exactly. Um, but we were also like in the home of our ancestors, and we were there to sort of connect with them through that space. And I think even the act of that is very water sign. It's like looking back, it's romanticizing, it's part of mythologizing in a beautiful way. It's very poetic. Um, to go back to the source and I you know I really wanted to feel the spirit yeah and it's just we thought this was relevant for the Scorpio full moon because first of all we um, landed in Palermo and woke up in the morning in Palermo (laughs) Sicily on a Scorpio moon oh on Easter Sunday on Easter Sunday Scorpio moon after the full moon in Libra we woke up in Palermo yeah the moon in Scorpio, Easter Sunday, transformation on transformation, and... It was a torrential downpour. Yeah. Like... I mean, ter- like, the yeah. thunder was louder than we've ever heard thunder in our lives. I've never heard anything like that ever. No. Ever. And speaking of Scorpio, yet again, in terms of Palermo as, you know, a main city in Sicily, um, Sicily, by the way, wasn't always part of Italy. It was part of the Kingdom of Two Sicilies. Mm-hmm. It only became part of the United Italy in the late 1800s. So even though it's part of Italy now and we think about it like that, Sicily is um, really its own beast. It Absolutely. Has, it was conquered more than any other place on the planet. Yes. And so you see the remnants of Greek and Roman and Spanish and Norman mm-hmm. and Bourbon and Arabic and Moorish um, conquest. I know. So it's literally everything. So talk about yeah. Scorpio and rebirth and transformation. And yet Palermo itself, which is the city that we came into first in Sicily, 
stands as a sort of amalgamation of all of those things. And we couldn't help but think, fuck, we arrived on a Scorpio moon, the mm-hmm. city of utter and complete historical transformation, looking back to the place of, like, our ancestors. Yes. Um, which, damn, that was some Scorpio shit. It was some Scorpio <laughs> shit. And I'm going to get back to this. I want to go on one literary tangent because that is part of what we do here at Astrolushes as writers. Um, if you haven't read Maggie Nelson's Argonauts, I cannot recommend it enough. But the point of the book is about um, her queer marriage and how she went from being married to a lesbian to being married to a trans man and how their relationship was like um, Jason and the Argonauts and the ship that they created, which was it was constantly battle worn and always being torn to pieces and built back up and how the ship itself was made of all of these new and different parts, but the heart of it was the same ship that it had always been. And that feels very Sicilian to me now. Mm. Um, I understood that as a, as a queer person reading that book, but now having gone to a place that feels like the physical version of that, that's exactly what Sicily is. It has always been this, this one vessel, but it's just worn so many flags. It's had so many refacings. It's had so many um, battles and, and building up from those places. Um, it's very Scorpio. It is so very Scorpio. We really came into Palermo wondering what sort of element or sign the city would embody. And we thought for a moment, maybe Gemini. We've heard it's like kind of chaotic and wild and reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some other ideas at first. And then it, it only took a few days for us to really realize how truly subterranean the city was. Mm-hmm. And we ended up staying in this incredibly old palace mm-hmm. of sorts which it used to be a palace in the 1800s yes. and it was converted now into um, different apartments and the place was you know with old furniture an- antiquated very, literally literally very filled with antiques and yeah. sort of living in the past yeah a bit like it was not a fresh and modern contemporary minimalist airbnb this was not your hotel situation we were not at a holiday inn we could not have been further from that we were in a haunted palace we were in a haunted (laughs) palace with baroque chairs yes and a strange old bed and blankets that must have been 50 years old right and it was you could feel the dampness and the darkness in this place in this apartment and it so happened that we were living in a region, a part of Palermo called La Calza, which was on the water, um, very much near the port, like a block away from the port, which is where you know people were coming in and doing trading and coming mm-hmm. in from other parts of Europe mm-hmm. and other parts of Italy and everywhere else throughout the Mediterranean. And you can really feel that exchange of energy that took place when all these different cultures were mixing and melding. Um, but also we very much felt the heaviness of, uh, the sorrow that happened in Palermo. Yes. Which we both have ancestors who came from there. Right. Who were serious women, very serious women. Very intense women. Yes. Um, and going, going there, I can kind of understand, I could kind of see why, though I do love the modern interpretation of Palermo. Like, I also think it's Scorpion because it's very sexy. Like people dress People are sexy. People dressed to the nines. Everybody I saw there was attractive, and it comes alive at night. I mean, we were literally salivating. It's reborn at night. Ugh. 
It is reborn. Right? Yeah, it's like a the city takes its face off. It's alive at night in yeah. a way that it's not in the daytime. No, it's alive. It's pulsing. Mm-hmm. And it's loud and it goes until like 7 a.m. And I'm not saying it's literally dangerous because we didn't experience anything like that. Not. But there's just like a hint. There's a quality of grittiness and dirtiness that Everywhere. You, you can feel and it's palpable. Um, and I'm not saying that in like, I felt like we were going to get mugged. I don't mean that kind of danger. I mean like... At any point, I could go run off do something crazy. Yeah, it felt like there we were in the underbelly. Not mm-hmm. that we would run into it, that that we were in it. Um, and yet, like any major city, and we come from Brooklyn, you navigate it with a sense of savvy and smart. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, we're lucky, you know, we're lucky and we're smart, I suppose, that nothing happened. But it it had a grittiness and an oppressively heavy quality that I think can only be compared to New Orleans. Yep, 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 um, yep. <clears throat> ironically as a city where they actually killed sicilians yes um it's also a catholic we don't have that many catholic cities in the u.s and so true. i do think there's a tie to that having a catholic background changes the flavor of a city because we have so many puritanical yeah. cities in the u.s anyway yeah i think true. that's a separate connection um but very scorpio one of the most abundantly yeah. scorpio cities we ever ever witnessed um, but we didn't just stay in Palermo. We were there for a week as our home base and then spent the next week in Taormina, which we'll get to. But we made some day trips, like, literally across the island. We went as, you know, we went into a as lot of... As far across the coast. Yep. Yeah. And one of those places that we went to was Agrigento, which is um, one of the seats of the Magna Graecia, where um, the Greeks really had uh, their empire. And uh, Agrigento is... This um, it's a place full of ruins of temples. It's we went to the Valley of the Temples the in the Agrigento, temples. which had a totally different feeling and vibe. By far, it was a different sign. You and I, I felt like traveled through lifetimes when we were there. I think we traveled through oceans of lifetimes. My first time seeing the Mediterranean Sea was through a window in the ruins of Magna Greca in Agrigento in the Valley of the Temples. And I will never, ever forget that experience. But it wasn't Scorpion. I was in a different place then. Yeah, it was actually, like, the the interesting thing is when we were staying in Palermo, we didn't speak aloud some of the things that we were feeling, probably because we hadn't processed it yet. But leaving Palermo, we realized just how heavy the energy was. And that doesn't doesn't mean that we wouldn't go back it's an amazing city and i would absolutely go, go back. back in a second the food oh but god the food is ridiculous i mean the food was ridiculous yeah and the sexiness and just everything but um you once you get out of the city you do start feeling psychically like your energy changes and shifts mm-hmm. and one of those days i think was an agrigento which was of course we thought a capricorn standing in these temples that were built to the people who people excuse me gods who were worshipped at that time, um, going through sort of the wreckage of that and feeling like, I don't know, Ozymandias, like all yeah. over in real life, um, being at the temple of Zeus mm. in seeing the fallen columns and uh, the spectacle, the, the size, the scope, um, overlooking the sea, it was dramatic and it was so powerful and it was so concerned with how we as humans, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like transform that power into something that we can have ourselves. And that's not quite Mm. the word I'm looking for, but how we like transmute it. Yes. Transmute is perfect word. Um, it felt very Capricorn. It did feel And I think Capricorn. the moon was in Capricorn when we were there. Yeah. In Taurus season. Yes. It yes, was Taurus moon season, was moon and Capricorn. As we were walking through these 
were the dead old gods. Yes. And it, it was amazing because there was actually a part of Agrigento that was dedicated to the Thonic yes. subterranean earth gods and the places where they actually held rituals and sacrificed goats or lambs. Uh, um, pigs. Pigs. Yep. Little female piglets. Yes. Um, and you can actually see the fire pits where they were sacrificed. Um, and there was a real sense of being connected to the old earth, the old archetypes. Um, and the wind that day was out of control. It really was. Blowing through these immense structures, these temples. And it was very, it was a very, um, because we were so close to Africa, the... You can see it. Yeah, you can see it. You can literally see it. But like the, the dust, the wind from the, the Sirocco, I think it was the Sirocco winds, mm-hmm. blows this like warm African sand and dust over so everything is tinged in sepia yes has this really warm just beautiful element and when we want to age photos right we give it sepia toned now imagine everything around you is already doing that naturally so you can't help but feel the antiquity yeah the seriousness the gravitas right like you're stepping into an old photograph yeah except that you are the main character. Right. Um, so after yes. Agrigento, we took a beautiful ride through the middle of the island, which is just plush, luscious, soft, pillowy green grass oh, and meadows. The way it was rolling in the wind, the way it was waving, and the, it was just like... Like it, it was breathing. You just wanted to like throw yourself into it and die in its softness. It was so beautiful. <laughs> it's just die in its softness. I mean, yeah, like... It was a, it was it was incredible, and we just didn't really realize how the inside of the island were, you know, not not where the cities on the coastlines were, was so intensely luscious and so natural, yeah. like left alone and just, yeah, and not every piece has houses and farms and industry like so much of Sicily is just wild, just wildness, yeah. It's amazing. It was, I felt we breathed differently. In yeah. Um, like our allergies, my arthritis. My asthma. Yeah. Like skin, it just sort of. hair. Everything felt better. Everything, everything. felt great. We, we were like living our best lives. Um, now, another day trip we took was to Chefalu. Yes. Chefalu is this like gorgeous little ocean front, itty bitty gorgeous town. As quintessentially magically Italian as it was Sicilian as it gets. That meal we had. So we had a meal first at a restaurant, like on the promenade overlooking the ocean. Then we went and actually sat on the ocean and had a glass of wine in a different restaurant. They had chairs parked on the sea. In the sand. With our feet in the water. Um, Chefalu, what do you think the sign was? It was Cancerian. I felt Cancerian. It felt like the womb. It did. It felt like being in like the womb of the ocean. I mean, and it was just like, there was even this little moment where we were, we like came down an alleyway and came upon this little wall that overlooked the ocean. And as we were sitting there looking out to the sea, we saw an old woman hanging her laundry yes, we did. quietly and perfectly. And to me, that, that was just a beautiful, soft, domestic bliss that yes. only Cancerian energy Only can. Cancerian deeply appreciates and feels for sure. Um, yeah, Chefalu was Cancerian, Agrigento was Capricorn, Palermo was Scorpio. We spent another week um, almost in on the eastern coast in... Tarmina. Yeah. Which, go ahead. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's so we we really so we can't express this enough. We came from literally the darkness and the grittiness of Palermo and that Scorpio energy and sludge, which by the way is both as dark and intense as it is transformative and beautiful and sexy. And beautiful and sexy, but then we literally took a train across the island into Taormina, which is considered one of the most beautiful places, if not the most beautiful place in Sicily. And it was immediately as if the curtains had been opened and the fresh light and air had been let in to mm-hmm. our lives. Um, it's up on a mountain. Up on a mountain. And we thought this place was probably the most tourist place that we could. Well, that's the thing. So when we were at the... So they have an, an ancient Greek amphitheater that overlooks the ocean that is a beautiful space to walk around in. Um, but they give the history of Taormina in it. And Taormina, the T-A-O-R, is related to Taurus. Mm. And it was a Taurian um, sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like inspiration that named the city. Um, uh, Which is to say that Taormina is literally as Taurus as a place can be physically. And we were there in Taurus season. Yeah. And it was very obviously Taurian because where Palermo was like a lot of small streets and you know dark alleys dark alleys and dark nightlife this was all sunlight and all planters full of flowers and all flowers pinks and corals and limes and yellows palermo is very dark and Mm -hmm. gray and brown taramina also cost more money exactly you know everything was like made to be beautiful it was a design it took its venusian qualities very seriously and like I don't want to say capitalized, that sounds but wrong, it be- but it worked with those. It was more capitalist, yes. But the Taurus enjoying what's around you, feeling the beauty, eating beautiful things, the gorgeous views, the flowers, the communal gardens. Ugh. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, you're looking out over the sea toward Calabria. If you look in a certain direction, you're probably facing... Um, you know, the Mediterranean, North Africa. And, of course, you have Mount Etna in the distance. Oh, Etna overlooking away. everything. Etna overlooking everything. And even the amphitheater itself, the, the teatro, which is, like, you know, from the th- 3rd BC, which is wild. A minute ago. Yeah. Was for, yeah, a minute ago. <laughs> Music and plays, and then the Romans came and they turned into gladiator um, arena. There was just something really beautiful and dreamy about it all. And after being in the sludge of Palermo, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I mean it in an energetic way, um, Tarmina brightened our spirits. And, I mean, it's it's interesting because isn't this year there's some connection between the Scorpio and the Taurus? um, Well, they're opposites, which is why we're in Taurus season having Scorpio full moon. So the full moon is always... It's also my north and south node. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm having a year. Interesting. Okay. Um, Scorpio and Taurus are a lot more related than um, I think we give credit to. But uh, we were in Taurus season in Taormina. It felt really appropriate. And now here we are back Ugh. in Brooklyn. Oh. In Brooklyn. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> in an eclipse. <sighs> what are we doing here? Uh, let's go back. Let's go back. Right now. But um, thank you for for listening to this episode. If you are interested in our journey, um, we are actually recording an entirely separate podcast 
series, a different podcast, not Astro Lashes, dedicated to our journey through Sicily with very pointed advice on travel, very mm-hmm. specific mm-hmm. things about Italy, Italian folk magic, Sicily, travel. Um, so we urge you to find that. That will be up in a few days. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, we'd love to share literally every single detail with you. Every single detail. And there are a we lot of We can't stop that. talking about them. Okay. Um, find us there if you're interested in hearing more about Sicily and how two water signs made their way through to this really holy journey back to our home selves. Um, and in the meantime, thanks for listening to Astro Lushes, and we'll be back when we're back. We hope you have a beautiful Scorpio full moon. We hope you survive the eclipse and Mercury retrograde. Remember to give yourself space, time to rest. Forgiveness, kindness. To say good, say hello and good day to those old selves that walk through your room (laughs) uninvited. Word. All right, guys. Thank you. Good night.